the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Views, claims, or representations may not reflect those of AM 1420 The Answer or Salem Media Group. When it comes to your investments and retirement, in this economy, it's important to be smart. And with the Smart Investor Hour heard right here on AM 1420 The Answer, you'll get both smart and intelligent information you'll need to help with your investing. So sit back, listen, and learn with your host of the Smart Investor Hour, Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management. Good morning, everybody. I, uh... I hope you have a cup of coffee because it's early. <laughs> Trust me, uh, I I know what it feels like. All right, so let's get a, let's start thinking positively. What lies before us and what lies behind us are small matters to com- compare to what lies within us. And what we bring, what is within us out into the world, miracles happen. And he should know, Henry David Thoreau, Walden. It's a great book. If you had a friend who talked to you like you sometimes talk to yourself. Would you continue continue to hang around this person? Hmm, that's interesting. I can't remember who did who said that. How much easier is it to be critical than to be correct? That's Benjamin Disraeli, the great uh, uh, diplomat from England, House Speaker and uh, diplomat. Okay, so uh, you know we always talk about the our our web page at the beginning of the show. So if you Google Tim Hayes Radio, I show up. You can always tell it's me because right below the picture says, remember, buy low, sell high. And look, there's some good stuff on there. Um, you know, we, we I keep talking about the bulletin board and market week. If you don't know what's happening with the market, you know, I, I asked 15 people this week how much the Dow Jones is up. And every one of them said 8 9%, and it's flat as a pancake. Hmm. S&P 500 is actually down. The only two indexes that are up are the NASDAQ. And that looks dangerous to me. <laughs> it's hitting a new high, so you know it's going to continue to go up till it goes down. And then the the small caps, which we've been talking about ad nauseum since about mid January, <laughs> and we'll still talk about them because I think that's the best place to be right at the moment. They're very very cheap. On top of that, we have the daily technical analysis there, and that's uh, that's got good information. It has some information about interest rates. If you think interest rates are going up, you know during periods of recession. Great recessions. Usually, I mean, we had three of them, 19, uh, 1890 to 1915. Then the, uh, the the interest rates came out of there because of the war. And then from 1929 to 1940. And by the way, I will talk about the end of the show, what interest rates look like from the all-time low before this at 1.8% in 1938 to what had happened later on. And you can see what kind of a, you know, after a big, huge bull market in interest rates, what, what occurs sometimes. Anyway, there's also some information about data breach. Boy, I highly recommend that. Um, you know, I, I had some people ask me uh, about legacy. And, you know, the Economist uh, Intelligence Unit uh, reveals a shifting de- definition in, uh, in a study sponsored by RBC. And, look, I, I've talked to a lot of my clients about, you know, what is your legacy? If you're a high net uh, investor, you know, their definition may be shifting. Um, 
we've, we've seen some key findings here, and two-thirds of American respondents say that the quality of the relationship is, is a crucial part of defining their, their legacy. And material wealth is the foundation of how they view their legacy. You know, 61% of the respondents saying wealth is the main enabler of their, their legacy. And younger network responders uh, said that they want to use their wealth to benefit broader society, which I think is great, you know. Um, it did, the, the study summary, it said new faces of wealth and legacy, something to think about. And, uh, boy, it, it's it's amazing how things have changed in, in, a, long, in a short period of time. Look, I, uh, I talked to... Uh, I didn't say much about this, but I'm going to talk about it again. If you are looking at Medicare coming up, I have a bunch of fact sheets. I have government health care fundamentals, which is very important. I mean, you've got to read this. Medicare basic fact sheet, uh, Medicare key numbers fact sheet, the Medicare planning for income-related monthly, monthly adjustments, and some Medicaid enrollment considerations. Uh, so I've got those are available to everybody. All you have to do is Google Tim Hayes Radio and hit the email me or, or contact me or give me a call. All right. Uh, the number is there is 888-223-7742. That's 888-223-7742. I've also got a couple other things for uh, for the ladies out there. I've got a woman's guide to health care and retirement. And I have a lot of clients that are uh, either divorced or their husbands died and, and uh I've been sending this out to them slowly but surely, but uh, there's also a piece on caring for uh, aging parents, which is very, very important. In the meantime, uh, oil bounced back big on Friday, so uh, you can also get our global best energy ideas. Our small cap index is doing great. Actually, the best portfolio so far is our all cap portfolio. It's been just kicking rear end, excuse the expression. Uh, And our top picks uh, portfolio is available, too. I'm not talking about the global because, I, you know, I, I told you about a month ago I was worried about global. I'm still worried about it. And we have a new newsletter for July, and that's financial facts that might surprise you. And going public, an IPO's market debut, a debut may not live up to the hype. <laughs> and that's, believe me, about 85% of the new issues go down before they go up. Uh, the 15 get talked about. All right. So, by the way, protect your heirs by naming a trust as an IRA beneficiary. It's a, there's some good information there. Stuff it's it's financial information that isn't involved in the stock market. All right, so leave it at that. According to a uh, biennial survey sponsored by the U.S. Department of Labor, 73 percent of the 25 to 54 year olds who lost their jobs between 2013 and 15 uh, that they they had held three or more years were reemployed by January 2016. For 56 to 64-year-olds, the figure is 60%. So that's that's a lot. China is producing more steel than the rest of the world combined. China produced a mammoth 76.7 million tons of steel in April, more than the 71.6 tons produced by the rest of the world. And if you're wondering why they keep producing it, it's because they got to keep employment up or the, or the communists are going to have a problem. Bottled water is the number one beverage product in the U.S., for the second year running, it grew 3.7 billion gallons in 2017, a 7% increase over the previous year. Sales are now to 18.5 billion, by the way. And uh, I tell you what, uh, I'll give a T-shirt to anybody who can tell me who's the number one seller of water in the world. Uh, you got to email me. All right. So, you know, we talk about process on the on the show all the time. And, and uh, you know, if you don't have a process, you got a problem. 
So when you invest, whether it's stocks, bonds, whatever, you know, I use some Benjamin Graham. I use some Investors Business Daily. I use some Insider. I use a lot of stuff. But it's all process, and it's a 10-step process, and it works. So if you don't have that process, I suggest you're, you should reevaluate what you're doing. Um, some people ask me about, you know, hey, where can I get a decent yield? And I'll just suggest that I had uh, a gentleman come into my office from a very highly rated insurance company. This is an insurance contact now. It's a five-year uh, product. It's 5%. But you got to stick around for the five years because they have pretty good, you know, bad withdrawal fees, as do CDs, by the way. But it's five percent for five years. So, uh, and by the way, they'll they'll entice you at the end of five years to stick around with a with another rate that will be very competitive. Uh, but if you'd like to more information, then you know Tim Hayes Radio, uh, Google Tim Hayes Radio or Bing me. I guess you can get me on Twitter now, and you can also get me on Facebook, um, or LinkedIn. You know, uh, I'm on LinkedIn all the time. All right, so um, something happened this week, which I think is interesting. You know, we've, we've been talking about the, you know, what we try to do is follow the money, okay? That's what relative strength is all about. Small cap growth is the best place to be right now. Uh, by the way, micro caps are really doing well. Large cap growth is second, and that's the, the, the you know, the, uh, the Netflixes and the, and the Facebooks. And, some of those are straight up, though, so I'd be very careful. But mid cap growth overcame mid-cap blend. So what, what basically has happened is a lot of the material stocks, which are in the mid-cap area, had got beat up this week. Uh, so mid-cap growth has now taken over. Now, this week we had something unusual happen, and, uh, you know, it, it, it happened quickly. So we'll just, we had our friends at GE get kicked out of the Dow. All right, and they added Walgreens uh, as, as the, uh, the top pick. And what's really interesting is GE was the oldest or the last member of the original uh, Dow Jones Industrials that was formed in 1896. The 11 other original members were American Cotton Company, American Sugar, American Tobacco, Chicago Gas Company, Distillery and Cattle Feeding Company, uh, Luxita Gas, Natural Lead, North American Company, Tennessee Cold Iron and Railroad, Road, I'm sorry, U.S. Leather and uh, United States Rubber Corp. Isn't that interesting? Some people ask me about some trading tips. And look, most people that trade are, are bulls. If that's the case, you've got to use stops. You've got to use mental stops. Uh, but, you know, you can make money on both sides of the market for those who are really aggressive traders. People, most people lose money in the market because they take small profits and large losses. What you're supposed to be doing is running stocks as far as you can up and down. All right. Uh, the trend in a relative strength chart often lasts many years. I mean, Dana here has been in a relative strength buy signal now for almost 10 years. All right? So buy signals on, on trend charts not confirmed by relative strength charts are best treated as trading situations. I, believe me, I, I, that's why I talk about relative strength all the time. You want both. Buy signals that come from long tails down usually result in big moves in the stock. And what I mean is a long tail, it's what is known as a rat's tail. And if you want to know about that, call me. Uh, do not be influenced by what you read in the newspapers or by good or bad reports on the company because by the time the news is printed, it's no value. All right? So those are some things that you should probably be thinking about. Uh, by the way, we had a – well, I'll talk about it in the second part of the show. Um, we, we had something big happen this week, and I think things are going to get real interesting in that area. But uh, anyway, a couple other things that we should talk about. Starbucks got absolutely hammered this week. Uh, 
I thought it was going to stop at 52, and it broke down below that. So that's kind of a lower high. So I wonder how long they're going to – they brought the uh, new CEO from uh, Juniper Networks, and it doesn't look good. So people – I I tell you, I'm looking at small caps, and they're just blowing the, the Dow Jones Industrials away. Um, you know, the Dow's flat for the year, okay? And, uh, you know, it's just flat, and and that's the way it is. The dollar <clears throat> looks like it's trying to make a, a reversal up. And if it were to print 95.5 <clears throat> on the dollar index, it would. <clears throat> and that would be a very, very positive thing. Uh, you know, how do you buy stocks and bonds internationally? You buy them with dollars. So if you're overseas, you're using dollars to buy these things. And that means the dollar was strengthened. That's very, very good for a bull market. <clears throat> you know, I looked at a couple things. <clears throat> and I looked at the Chicago Fed Adjusted National Financial Conditions uh, Index, and it's it's among the easiest ever. And then I looked at the Bloomberg's Financial Condition Index, and it's very easy conditions also. By the way, the biggest gains in a stock market usually occur about two years before the market gets whacked. Uh, so this year being a year that <clears throat> we're not getting, uh, you know, huge gains, that's, that's a problem. By the way, high-yield... Uh, overtook international sovereign debt that we talked about that and I'm starting to see more and more staple stocks which we've been talking about ad nauseum uh, for some time start to show up on my scans let's take a break this is Smart Investor Show I'm Tim Hayes we'll be right back Selfless service is the guiding principle that drives Army National Guard soldiers to be always ready whenever disaster strikes. They are your next-door neighbors and your colleagues in schools, offices, and factories. To be a Guard soldier is to stand ready to serve at all times for family, for community, and for country. To learn more, log on to NationalGuard.com or contact an Army National Guard recruiter in your area. Sponsored by the Ohio Army National Guard. Aired by the Ohio Association of Broadcasters and this station. This is David Davenport of the Hoover Institution for townhall.com. California lives on the edge of change. A few years ago, the Golden State adopted two big changes to its elections, open primaries in which voters choose candidates from any party, and a top two primary where the top two finishers qualify for the general election regardless of party. The idea was to elect more moderate candidates. The results are coming in, and it isn't working. The 2018 primary shows that Republicans still vote for Republicans and Democrats for Democrats. People don't cross party lines looking for an idealized moderate candidate. Plus, the unintended consequence is often no real choice in the general election. In 2016, two liberal Democrats ran for the Senate, and in many state races, there were either two Democrats or two Republicans. Worse, candidates have gamed the system to face a weaker opponent later. Beware election reforms from California. I'm David Davenport. The Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy, America's unique graduate program. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. At RBC Wealth Management, we are proud of our reputation for putting clients' interests first. Our steadfast commitment to helping clients achieve their financial goals includes giving back to the communities we serve. Through supporting youth education, human services, and the arts, we hope to make tomorrow better for everyone. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSC, FINRA, SIPC.
Okay, we're back. If you just tuned in, this is Smart Investor Show. I'm Tim Hayes. And if, if you missed the first part or parts of the first part that you'd like to hear on Monday or Tuesday, I'm not sure which day. I think, it, you know, most of the times it's Monday. Some days it's Tuesday, uh, <clears throat> depending when they get around to it. At WHK's website, if you look at podcasts, they have me on there. You just go down to Tim Hayes, hit me up, and, and it'll, you can hear the whole thing. It's especially important, you know, if you can't sleep at night <laughs> and you need somebody to put you to bed. Uh, believe me, a half hour of my voice late at night will put you to bed in no time. Uh, but also, uh, it, you know, if you'd like to have a cup of coffee, you know, call me at 888-223-7742. Now, that's an 800 number, but I am in Cleveland. So, once again, if you want to have coffee, I have, I've had a lot of people take me up on coffee lately. Uh, because I think, you know, the market's shifting a little bit. So give me a call, 888-223-7742. Now, you know, I, I hate to be, I don't know, let me just, let me suggest something happening. What if the good guys turned around and be the bad guys? What if the OEX top 25 stocks, you know, which have been going up, I mean, some of these have been going straight up. Uh, I mean, there's a couple that are so parabolic. Now, there's some of this top 25 that look great still on the charts, but a couple of these look like they're parabolic charts, and it kind of scares me a little bit. What if they were replaced by the bottom 25? Wouldn't that be interesting? You know, that's occurred several times in in the last uh, 50, 60 years, where the, the top 100, almost half of them were replaced by the bottom 100. And boy, there's some real high quality names on this bottom 100. For those of you who, by the way, Walgreens was in the bottom one. Uh, you know, there's one that was, you know, just added to the Dow. Okay, now it's, it doesn't look like the greatest technical now, uh, technical stock. And most of these, I would be buying for the dividend growth. Let me say that again. Most of these, I'd be buying for the dividend growth, not for big, huge hits right away. But I mean. <clears throat> The average dividend growth on this portfolio uh, is about 3%, okay, uh, which is interesting. Now, you know, we talk about relative strength, and it, and it seems simple enough. Buy stocks, ETFs that are outperforming the benchmark. Well, that's part of it, but it really goes a lot deeper than that. It, if you look, there's a myriad of ways uh, to, to judge relative strength. Uh, I use relative, you know, relative ratios and, and Dorsey Wright. You know, when they get a buy signal, because that prints on the chart so you can see it. Uh, so, you know, if you you were com, com, uh, comparing right now consumer di- discretionary, i.e. retail, to the S&P 500, what you'd see is that the XLY or the RETL continued to hit new highs versus the benchmark. So the relative, the relative strength is accelerating at this point. Now, uh, look, I know... Uh, a lot of people preach diversification, but like I said last week, Warren Buffett once said, the greatest mistake most individual investors make is to asset allocate during a roaring secular bull market, because that's how you make it rich. Even Graham and Dodd, who, you know, move from bonds to stocks based on certain, uh, you know, formulas that they had, would tell you. The best way to make a fortune is to stay in a in a in a, in a bull market, and it's that simple. So, I, I just think diversification equals lower returns and a smaller nest egg. Now, there are certainly times to get more defensive, and the stock market will provide us with clues when that time is appropriate. It usually does. Right now, 
The advanced decline line's hitting new highs. Usually that's one of the key indicators. When the advanced decline line starts to make lower highs, then you got to hit the road. But bull markets produce excellent relative strength. And if you have four or five groups that you're overweighting, usually you're going to do a lot better, all right? Um, and I can suggest some, some names, but I'm not going to, so you have to have coffee with me. <laughs> but <clears throat> look, one way we can increase our odds is, is, is to look at those stocks that have exhibited relative strength versus the market. And relative strength signals are, by nature, long-term indicators of performance trends. So within the list of the S&P 500s, there are now 26 market relative strength signals that have been in place for more than 50. 15 years. Like I said, Danaher, I said 10 years. Danaher is the longest running one, and it's 21 years. It goes to, uh, 25 years. I'm sorry, 93 would be 25 years. So these things can last a long, long time. And if you use relative strength, believe me, your returns will outpace a lot of others. All right. So uh, I'll just leave it at that. Uh, you know, somebody asked me about ETFs. And look, uh, I'll, I'll take a couple examples. Uh, ETFs are great, but you got to remember when stocks become dominant in there, if there's a hickey, and there could be, I mean, look, you know, Netflix and Amazon are getting very, very parabolic. And if for some reason, you know, we people, I mean, the legislators are starting to vote against these guys now, okay? Uh, so if for some reason these things came tumbling down, and I don't know if that's going to happen or not, I'm not that good, you got to remember a lot of the ETFs, like the XLY, which is the consumer discretionary ETF, have pretty good-sized positions of these stocks. Uh, if you look at the entertainment business, you know, the inter- entertainment ETFs, the top four, have a 26% position in Netflix. It's bigger than Disney. All right? And if you have a parabolic charts, they usually end badly. Same with Amazon. So, you know, you got to be careful with ETFs on, on waiting. So, you know, make sure that you understand that, uh, you know, what's inside the ETF before you buy it. Now, look, I'm, I'm not suggesting either one of these are short or anything like that. You know, look, the, the XLY hit a new high, and Amazon's probably the reason for it. The NASDAQ hit a new high. You don't, you don't worry about new highs. You worry about lower highs, okay? So I'm just suggesting that if the time comes when they do correct these things, these ETFs could struggle, all right? And I'll, I'll leave it at that. Uh, by the way, I have several really good-looking charts within that uh, XLY that would be interesting. Uh, but I also have several really interesting-looking uh, ETFs that are very, very bullish and would be glad to uh, share that list uh, on a one-to-one basis. All right, uh, th- that's having coffee with me, by the way. And if you'd like to, just call me, 888-223-7742, 888 all right, so what do we what do we see? Well, some other things we're seeing is the intermediate term backdrop right right now remains pretty positive. Uh, we're seeing some short term volatility. By the way, if you were looking at my webpage every day and you saw Bob Dickey stuff, he was kind of saying whoa about uh, a week ago. So uh, that's the technical update that's on my my page every week. So, but you know the breadth as measured by the advanced decline line continues to improve and bullish sentiment is building positively. It's, been, it's still down, all right? Uh, it's, it's not up at the 60s level at all. It's in the 37 level. So I think, you know, you just got to uh, pay more attention to what, if it gets to 60, you know, then you got to pull back. But, you know, the bullish percent will help us, help us out, and that comes next, as you know, in the next segment. As I said, I, th- I think the, sh- the short-term pullbacks will be short-lived, especially in the Russell 2000. Um, 
the Dow and and the I think the Nasdaq, if it corrects, it's probably correct hard, but I don't think it's going to correct for a while. I mean, you, when you hit a new high, you're going places. The ten-year bond yields um, remain range-bound. You know, we never made that 340 that everybody's looking for. And I think you just got to remember that, you know, I talked about the 17 to 34 year cycle. We have that four year cycle that comes due in 2019. So the second half of 2018, probably the last quarter and then 2019, you got to start to look for things, you know, uh, getting a little soggy, shall we say. Uh, diversified uh, banks, you know, we're looking those over and, and they're at an inflection point. They're right about the, some of the big banks are right at their 200 day moving average. So you'd like to see them p- uh, pick back up the uh, Discretionary sector continues to improve. It looks really good. Technology, software, services, anything that with the cloud looks fantastic. Now, we are start, starting to see some sentiment indicators. Uh, the economic surprise, the G10 economic surprise is very oversold and starting to turn up. And the AA, uh, American Association of Individual uh, Bullish, is extending from a rebound from an oversold level. So it's likely to become overbought, I would suggest, some, sometime by summer. And we're pausing at the next resistance. We talked about this 2,800 on the S&P 500. However, the weekly relative strength momentum is bottoming and maybe start to turn. So that that could be very, very interesting. Uh, uh, the Russell, the short-term momentum remains overbought, and but I just think it's just going to be a sideways movement, not a, you know, look out below. The 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 breath looks fantastic on, on the Russell, and... If you look at the Russell versus the S&P 500, the relative strength is very positive there. What I think the big change this week was the Russell small cap growth versus value. Remember we said value had been catching up. The small cap growth just blew it out. <laughs> it hit a new high, blew it out, so that's not, nothing to worry about. So growth versus value is still intact, uh, and it doesn't matter where you are, you know, uh, but we, you know, we, we have seen some good stuff in the high yield market. We've seen a bottom starting to take place. Now, it's got some room up to the 200-day moving average, uh, so we'll see if it continues. But if you look at high-yield junk bonds versus investment grade, it did break its downtrend line, so it's catching up in the relative strength area. And we talked about the dollar being uh, positive. Now, what was interesting was the dollar was positive Friday, and oil broke, was up 2 and a half bucks, and it, it kind of broke out of this little downtrend it's been in. So it'll be, you know, we, we thought, thought the oil thing would be short-term, uh, and there we go. Um, I would say established outperformance is definitely in the QQQs or the NASDAQ composite, the Russell 1000, 2000, uh, mostly in the growth area, and then the mid-cap area. Uh, all look really good. I would say, uh, you know, anything in Latin America you want to be careful with, uh, very careful with. Um, I am seeing retail start to uh, form ahead. Uh, semiconductors are getting beat up this week, so stay, you know, be careful. The medical device group is starting to lead, and so isn't leisure and media. I think this Time Warner and Fox deal really just opened up to, I think there's, they're going to be buying content in a big way. So um, the, the staples are still underperforming, but we're seeing some signs of, of bottoming. Like I said, don't buy them up. Like I said last week, you know, let them pull back to you a little bit. Uh, energy looked like it was plateauing and, and picked up drastically on Friday. Software is accelerating big time. Uh, I think industrials and, and materials are improving. Uh, and, you know, industrials, I'm going to talk about those in the second half of the show here. Utilities are still weakening. Back, uh, banks and brokers, uh, like I said, they're at a key point. So we, we hope them, they hope, hope they reverse up because that, that's how uh, bull markets start. But 
There's a couple large ones that we really like that might be a good might be a good time to be uh, you know paying attention to. I am seeing some laggards in the consumer discretionary uh, come through. Big names that could be uh, interesting opportunities. Um, like I said, soft software and transports are starting to break out against uh, the S and P 500. Uh, transports were looking really really good this week. Uh, although I did notice a couple of the air transports kind of pulled back a little bit uh, on Friday because of the, the, you know, the jump up in energy. Uh, semiconductors are a problem still, so we'll just see what happens with those over the long run. Hey, let's take a break. We'll be right back with the uh, the Bullish Present. Stay tuned. This is Smart Investor Show. Let's simplify window shopping. How does this sound? Eight quality windows for your home from $58 a month from a name that you can trust for 58 years. This is Len for Empire Window Company. 855-76-EMPIRE. You know, you deserve a great product at a fair price from a local company with an excellent reputation. That's Empire Window Company. Enhance the beauty and value of your home with a variety of custom and designer windows, siding, and doors. 855-76-EMPIRE. Thinking about vinyl siding? Try 30 35% off and free gutters with your siding project. And here's an idea. What about a fun and easy way to see what replacement windows and new siding would look like on your home before you buy? Just check out Empire's online windows and siding design center. You can change the style and color with just a click of a finger. EmpireWindowCompany.com. A local company in business for 58 years. That's a lot of satisfied customers. Empire Window Company. 855-76-EMPIRE. When it comes to managing your retirement, it's easy to get lost. Look to RBC Wealth Management to guide you. Our experienced, knowledgeable financial advisors will build your investment strategy by designing a plan that's tailored to your unique financial needs. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC. Member NYSE, FINRA, SIPC. Visit rbcwealthmanagement.com. You know, this is part of the show where we talk about the bullish percent. And I, I got to explain it every week because we might have new new listeners every week. So I apologize. But that's, uh, you know, people come and go with radio. Um, and the bullish percent is just simply our main risk guide. All right. It's it's a chart to go. It was designed by a guy that worked for Ernie, uh, for Charles Dow. His name Ernie Staby back in the 30s, or actually late 20s. And what he wanted to do is be bullish at the bottom and bearish at the top. So he got this point and figure chart, uh, and it has to do with the number of buy signals versus sell signals. And when it goes from it goes from zero to one hundred, when you get over seventy, that's the red zone. That's when everything's hot. Okay, everybody's talking about their portfolio. You know, uh, hey, this stock, that stock. And then when you get below thirty, that's the green zone. That's where everybody's bummed out. They don't want to talk about the market. You know, they'd rather talk about. Uh, <coughs> Their mother-in-law's knitting than the stock market, okay? So, uh, now, look, there's two things here. X's, we have the offensive team on the field. O's, we have a defensive team on the field. And there's a lot of things that depend on, like right now, domestic equities are the number one asset class in the world. 
And I hear, hear people going to asset allocation models. That's uh, ridiculous. Just so you can go overseas and get killed. You know, so look, when we go into a column of O's and domestic equities are the number one asset class, you don't get as frightened as, as they were like in 2007 and 2008 when they were the lowest form of life or the last asset class. And we said on this show that cash would outperform the, 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 the stock market when that occurred. Okay. So, uh, you know, we, we have all sorts of indicators that will tell us when to get out and, and uh, just leave it at that. Anyway, the New York Stock Exchange Index, uh, or, or the New York bullish percent, uh, was down 1.3% this week at 56.8. We had nine, eight straight days in a row down, by the way. The, the over-the-counter index, or the smaller names, were down just 0.2% to 53.4. They're both in a column of Xs, so you have the offensive team on the field. The over the count, you know, at the 50 level, that's not a bad level to buy. Okay. The world index is still getting pummeled. So if you're asset allocated, you're probably getting beat up in this area. Uh, is that was down 2.6% and is still in a column of O's. All right. So that, that's a problem. So there was no major changes to the bullish percent or bullish or positive trend indicators this week, which is good. Now, one thing we, we want to talk about a little bit was uh, the cash bo- bogey. And uh, what is a cash bogey? <laughs> The cash bogey was designed to serve as a trailing stop of sorts for asset classes within Dorsey Wright's dynamic asset level investing system. And that, that what it does is it limits downsides, okay? So if cash is better than being in the stock market, you, you're not going to put any money in the stock market. It's that simple. Uh, so it, what we do is we have a rules-based relative strength calculation, or do, our friends at Dorsey, who provide us with a bullish percent, by the way, uh, great folks out of Virginia. So- we, we have several that have failed. International equities have failed the bogey check. So it's better to be in cash than in international equities. <laughs> All right? And the same with currencies. Currencies have failed that test also. So the three groups that have passed is domestic equities, commodities, and fixed income. All right? So, you know, that's something you should think about. Now, some other things occurred that might be really kind of interesting, but uh, the bullish percent for non-U.S. equities, or for non-U.S. completely, you know, broke a double bottom at 32. It's now in a column of O's at 26. So if this gets hit further, it might be a time to get involved again, okay? So, look, you're on a defensive cycle with international equities is what I'm telling you. And that's why we quit talking, you know, we quit talking about our ADR list about a month ago. Uh, So there we go. A couple other things that have occurred this week that I think are really interesting is you know that General Motors is the most improved stock in the OEX over the past 30 days? How's that? Huh? Uh, that is a name we haven't heard in a long, long time. But this week, healthcare jumped over basic materials uh, and the dynamic asset level investing sector ranking. So how does the sector go? Still technology is number one. Financials are number two. Energy is number three. Industrial is number four. Consumer cyclical number five. Healthcare uh is uh, number six and, and we have real estate and utilities, uh, you know, down, down and out. But remember if you're buying yield, buying yield when it's up and this, and the particular uh, yield device is down is a good thing. All right. So, um, you know, I, I mentioned this week that uh, one of the groups that is looking very interesting is media and uh, media turned up in a big way. Uh, you know, Disney's been going sideways for four years. I don't know if anybody knows that, but it's, it made a big run. It's been going sideways. 
Fox and a lot of these others, Lionsgate, et cetera, have been down. Discovery Channel was a $60 stock. I mean, it's twenty nine thirty now. Uh, so you're seeing some, uh, there's some people starting to talk about them. And I think not only the Fox deal, you know, they're bidding up, they're bidding it up. All right. Uh, it, it was up three or four bucks, three days, you know, three of the four, uh, three of the five days. And, and so they keep uh, bidding it up. And I'm telling you, you're going to get to the, to other content. Content is king, all right, uh, in the media area. And the bigger you are, the more content you need. It's about that simple. Um, but we, we did see some interesting stuff occur. Uh, you know, financials, banks, particularly Wall Street stocks, have s- struggled. Diversified financials and companies involved in payments have held up, you know. And, and so we're getting – it's a, a strange time, strange, strange time. So um, so just remember, dynamic in dynamic asset-level investing, domestic equities, number one, pass the bogey check. Commodities, number three, pass the, the bogey check. And fixed income, number four, pass the bogey check. International equities and currencies did not. All right? Uh, and if you look, by the way, at the relative strength of international equities versus a money market proxy, so it – what this does is it reverses into a column of bows, all right? Uh, so if you look at the cash percentile, it's an indicator which measures the position of the cash proxy within the asset class. So just going to remember that. Uh, so international equities are going to have a tough time, I think. Um, I'll just leave it at that. I looked at all the indexes. They've been The weekly momentum has been positive for eight, nine weeks now. I think, uh, you know, that tells you that, you know, we're getting kind of overbought, Uh I'll just say this, you know, we, we now have about 2,000 ETF products and most of the money has gone into the NASDAQ or the technology. Um, Got to be careful when that much money flows into something because when they pull it out, look out below. Uh, the NASDAQ composite uh, index is is broken another double top. It's the second double top is broken in like about a, uh, three, four weeks now. And it's the same old people. Uh, so... You want to be, I just think you want to be a lot more careful uh, because if they pull the plug for, you know, I mean, look, they, they already talked about sales tax going to the states, uh, which, you know, eventually will affect, you know, Amazon, but it'll affect a lot of the smaller retailers. Uh, and so I think you have to be kind of worried about that, uh, my personal opinion. All right. Now, we talk about the bullish percent and in, in, in groups. Okay, so we do bullish percent in individual stocks, relative strength, and, and groups. But there, there's now 14 that are positive, and there's nothing over 70. Isn't that interesting? So we're just going to talk about the favored sectors now. So there's 14 favored sectors out of 40. Uh, the groups were down 1.13% from the previous week, which is not good. But at 65, these, these areas where you could do some trading or, you know, a little bit of select buying, but internet, software, leisure, waste management, restaurant, and banking. Uh, remember, software is accelerating, so is the um, internet. At 60 is retail, that's and semiconductors. Uh, retail looks a little bit better than semis right now. At 55 is machinery, oil, and healthcare. Uh, at 50, by the way, you can still buy there. At oil, service, and business uh, products is at 50. That's a good place to buy. And then at 45 is biotech. There's only one group below 30. It's not favored. That's precious metals. It stays there. It, it you know, will it turn up? I mean, uh, it looks like we're starting to see some bottoming there again. But, uh, you know, we've been waiting a long time, so I'm not in a, in a hurry to add to my gold position. Uh, you know, 
I would say biotech drugs, uh, household goods, and precious metals are in bull alert status. Uh, precious metals being the, my least favorite of that group. Um, in bull confirmed status is electronics. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that's that's in what I call correction mode. So there we go. The internet went to the most favored status. Semis, uh, restaurants, and waste management went to the favored status. Although semiconductors, you don't want to be in the semiconductor equipment manufacturers. They're a little bit less. Gaming and textiles went to average. Uh, non-ferrous metals went to uh, unfavored. Drugs and real estate went to average. And protection services, which have been one of the leaders, went to uh, less than uh, less than happy with. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Um, I did notice a lot of people have been, uh, are in the EEM and some of the, the similar type ETFs. And I noticed it broke a double bottom and dropped like a brick, uh, you know, back on... Uh, on, oh, was it Tuesday or Monday? It just dropped like a brick. So the the fund score, uh, you know, the last time it was this low, it was in a negative trend for some period of time. So, um, you know, there, there is a thing called the Taylor Rule, and I don't know if you know what that is, but uh, they they the, the Fed talked about a rate hike, and they're pretty consist, uh, consistent with their telegraph messages. So, um, look. There, there is a thing called the Taylor Rule model, and, and the model shows how short-term rates should respond to changes in inflation and GDP. And, uh, you know, if you look at a chart of this, uh, the actual Fed funds rate trades markedly above the Taylor Rule model output. And uh, we subsequently see some interterm Treasury yield decrease. Inversely, the current situation we find ourselves in, as the Fed fund trades markedly below the Taylor uh, rule mo- model output. So we're probably going to see uh, intermediate term treasury yields increase sometime in the future. Uh, so this might be started that bear market we talked about in, in bond pricing and, and uh, you know, that type of thing. Commodities over the past seven days, commodities have weakened in price. They got beat up. The dollar has been rallying. Um, look at the wisdom tree financial uh, continuous commodity index. It was down about three and a half percent this week. Uh, oil was down uh, and then, Reverse back up Friday, so that was kind of interesting. I think it was on, on uh, some contract talks. Crude oil is pulled back, too. So, uh, by the way, Wisdom Tree broke another double bottom, so there we go. Relative strength. Okay, take your uh, – grab a pencil. Cytonetics Incorporated, a biotech. Endo International, a pharmaceutical. Astro Corporation, industrial services. These are the buys, by the way. Uh, Atricor, medical products. Givo Chemicals, just was a rocket ship. National Cinemedia. Quality Systems, which is in the uh, healthcare area, also Sonic, Red Lion Hotels, OCILP, which is an oil company, uh, Vusic, which is communication technology, Fibro Animal, Sinos uh, Health, Vivant Solar, Invite Corp, Biotechnology, and Performance Group. On the sell side, I'll just mention a couple: Banco, uh, well, uh, Ferroglobe, Ion. Uh, geophysical and neighbors court. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back with insiders. Stay tuned to the Smart Investor Show. Jay Sekula needs to see Congress do something, anything. 337 of the president's nominees are awaiting confirmation in the United States Senate. 32 of them are judges. The stymie we're getting in Congress is just frankly unacceptable, and that's why we've got to break this logjam 
uh, and exert what we call maximum pressure on the United States Congress. Jay Sekulow, live, weeknights at 6, right before Larry Elder at 7, on AM 1420, The Answer. Wouldn't it be nice to keep income rolling in even long after you retire? At RBC Wealth Management, we can help you invest for the future that you want and create a personalized plan to help you create the steadfast flow of income you'll need throughout your retirement. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSE, FINRA, SIPC. Okay, we're back. Uh, if you just tuned in, this is Smart Investor Show. I'm Tim Hayes. Uh, I just got an email from somebody, which you can email me. Just it's uh, timothy.hayes at rbc.com. And uh, I try to, you know, when I see him, I don't see him all the time when I'm on air. But uh, he uh, he asked me about, um, you know, the Russell 2000. How long do I think it's going to go up? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not. Th- nobody's that good. Okay. It's going to go up and still it starts going down, and we'll be able to we'll be able to tell you when it starts to go down because some some things will start to happen. Until then, uh, you know, small caps are in good shape. All right, let's talk about insiders. We just simply talk about insiders simply because they know their companies better than we do. It's that simple. If you're involved in the everyday uh, things, you're a CFO or CEO. It's kind of interesting, and and the, the reason I I look specifically. And either people who have large holdings that uh, 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 attend board meetings, but I look for large purchases. I love large purchases of small companies, but I also like large purchases of large companies, especially when they're hitting a new high. So that's our first candidate today. Not hitting a new high, but very close to hitting a new high is Eli Lilly. And the uh, a director bought $890,000 worth of Eli Lilly. That's not chump change. Uh, an $80 stock. Uh, uh, is, you know, it's a lot of money. Uh, then I also noticed Immumedics, which, you know, Seattle Genetics owns a, quite a bit of this company. Then Bio Select Advisors bought $13.8 million. Uh, it had just backed off a new high, and uh, you always like seeing that. Uh, they have uh, an interesting scenario uh, going on, but, you know, we'll take it from there. Mac Cali Realty Corp. We're seeing more and more Real estate investment trusts where the insiders are buying, okay? And this is Mike DeMarco. He's the CEO. He bought $1.37 million, and then he, he bought uh, $493,000 worth. So like seeing that. And here's uh, Meco Labre, uh, which is the Mexican uh, mail order c- company. Uh, the The... CEO bought had made three purchases, 4.986, 4.976, and 4.93. Uh, that's that's a lot of money. The stock's way off. Uh, it was at almost 400. It's now 295. So obviously he thinks uh, some good things are going to happen. Uh, and then uh, at Palo Alto Networks, which you know we, our guys really like, uh, the new CEO bought a, he bought last week about eight million dollars. He bought another 5.7 million dollars worth. Now, here's an interesting one. Uh, DSP Group, these guys are in the semiconductor area uh, and integrated circuits for the most part. They had a director buy 
$778,000 worth after it took a hit. It was trading at 1335 and was at 1166 in like three days. Uh, and then he bought it. Now, here's an, also an interesting one. And it's the third time this has occurred. Salesforce.com. We had another director buy $998,000 at a new high. And, and by the way, they bought it after it moved from 135 to 139. Isn't that interesting? So that's a big, big move. And it's, it's uh, you know, you got to remember when these things, these, these people know. I mean, they're on the board. They're listening to what they're saying. So now here's one that's, that's really kind of interesting. Uh, we have a, a chairman of the board of Co-Crystal Pharma. We have Raymond Shinazi. And he he owns ten million shares, uh, nine point two direct and nine hundred ninety five indirect, which is options. And he just bought two hundred sixty three thousand shares. Now this is a low price one; it's like a buck ninety. Uh, but you know, to have ten million or nine million shares directly and to buy another two hundred sixty, uh, either you're out of your mind or you feel pretty confident, especially the stock being one dollar and ninety cents. So. And our friend Otto Alexander at uh, DDR, which is right over here in Beechwood, bought another $12.4 million worth of DDR. And by the way, since he started buying, the stock was uh, $13.90. No, I'm sorry, $14. And it's now $17. And it's got a nice dividend yield. So uh, he continues to buy on strength, uh, which I think is interesting. And they're in the shopping malls area. So maybe shopping malls aren't dead. Now, okay, uh, that's our insider group. Now we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, what we're seeing. And uh, look, the trend of market has changed from bullish to neutral this year. And I, I, I think we believe that, you know, the remains so as long as the range continues to hold. So what we, we you know, when you have a, uh, a good uptrend going, you can draw a line over the tops and, over, and, and up on the bottoms. And it's, it's usually about a right angle, okay? And what we did is we got to the top end of that, of that trend. And usually when that happens, you go sideways a while or you get hammered a little bit. And, you know, I think we're going to continue to do that uh, for some time. Now, one of the things is that the, the real tech-heavy NASDAQ keeps hitting new highs. And uh, I, I suggested this a couple years ago, so I'll suggest it again. You know, healthcare became 25% of the S&P 500, and they killed it back when Hillary made the famous tweet. Oil was 25% of the NASDAQ, of the S&P 500, right as it peaked. <laughs> Technology is now 25% of the S&P 500. Uh, you know, so take that with a grain of salt. Sometimes, look, there's we're in a perfect world for technology right now, so uh, I'm just... When they hit new highs, they're going to continue to go high, uh, higher usually. Uh, but just be careful. You know, you, I don't think you want to be the last one out is what I'm suggesting. Now, I saw a couple uh, continuation patterns that I saw that I really kind of liked. Uh, one is the uh, industrial group. You know, nobody's given them much credit. They've been pretty much whacked. Um, you know, they hit a 52-week high the last week of February. And have struggled. And, uh, you know, I'm looking at individual stocks. I'm looking at, you know, some of the ETFs out there. Uh, and it it's what they call a large failing uh, falling wedge. When you break out of that, that's usually a good sign. Uh, but the, you know, well, we'll see what happens there. But it, it does look like uh, it, 
it, it's kind of a bullish situation for the industrials, and, and that would really help the market a lot if they were to turn around. Now, we haven't confirmed it, so it's just something to, you know, it's an observation. Don't go out and buy every industrial you, you can think of. Um, also, you know, there's a lot to worry about out there right now. We've got tariffs. We've got Korea. You know, you name it. Everybody hates Trump uh, for some reason, uh, even though the stock market's up 40 percent, uh, you know, since he took office, you know, everybody hates him. But uh, the stock market remains in a trading range for the year. So it's moved from a high end to a low end. And we think there's always a good reason for it to do so, but never know what the reason is till it's over, probably. But that's the nature of news in the world situation where, the, you know, there, there are always concerns. You know, somebody said, you know, when should I get into the market? You know, and and I said at the maximum peak of worry is the best time to get in the market. Most people want to wait until there's no worry. It doesn't happen that way, folks. <laughs> it just doesn't happen. And uh, if you, you're expecting it to happen, it's not. So just trust me on that. Uh, it just doesn't work that way. But at the maximum worry is, is the best part. So look, I, we we broke. Um, down on on a couple of the indexes that or we just we came right up to resistance I should say and then headed south now it'd be kind of crucial to you know see how we uh, it works but look uh, uh, the the tech heavy nasdaq has been the leader on the way up and is perhaps the most important index to watch right now uh, i think if you want to judge the health of the overall the rest of the market the largest of the tech stocks being the most influential indicators for this index they're just nobody cares what their valuation is. They're just buying them, okay? And they're buying them in the index. So what you, what I think you want to worry about is, um, you know, what happens next. You know, if if it continues to go up and up and up, stay with it. If it doesn't, then you gotta you know be careful. Now uh, I'm gonna I talked about this a little bit last week, but somebody asked me, Tim, what does a bear market in bonds look like? Well, look back in 1940s, uh, 1940. The 10-year Treasury yield hit a 1.8%, and that was the lowest yield in the history of the United States at that point. Uh, and then Arthur Burns came along and uh, just turned on the tap, and he didn't shut it off. That's what Paul Volcker is most known for, all right? And so yields went from 1.8% to 15.8% during that period of time. And there's not really any, I think in 1968, there was one where we had a retracement where you could actually trade bonds. But the rest of the time, if you bought the bond, you held on to it to maturity. So if that occurs again, which I don't know if it will or not, I think what you got to worry about is the mutual fund area. You know, you don't, I don't know if you want to be in bond mutual funds. If you do, you want to stay very, very short, um, you know, maybe going out to intermediate. But uh, look, asset allocation is a difficult Difficult scenario when, you know, some of the assets are not working. International stocks are not working right now. Bonds, you know, if you buy a municipal, you got to hold it till maturity. It's that simple. Um, And, you know, look, as long as you're happy with the bond yield, that's fine. The other thing you want to think you want to think about is ladders. You know, let's do a ladder. You know, so you continually have money coming due in your portfolio. So if yields go up, you're taken care of. Right. It's that simple. All right, so what do I do right now? Uh, I really like our um, our best ideas. Uh, I can tell you, I've been talking to some people, and you know, and and uh, you know, we, we've been looking at our small cap ideas. They've been doing quite well. 
we've been talking about our all cap growth portfolio, and that's been doing it's scary. <laughs> uh, right now, I don't like the ADR list, so I'm not going to talk about that. But dividend growth, you know, there some of this, there are a lot of consumer stocks on that, and they've bounced once. They're coming back now. When they when they get down to the low again, I think you really want to grab them. Okay, I think they're you know those people who are looking for dividend growth over a long period of time. This is not for traders now. This is for investors. You buy these things down, and I've got a whole list of them. They all look good. Uh, there's some healthcare stocks in there too, by the way. Really good looking healthcare stocks. So consumer staples as a as a uh, scenario. Remember, we do have an insurance company that has a contract that's willing to pay five percent. I don't know how long this lasts, so but it's a five year investment. Don't even think about trying to take the money out before that, if I were you. But Dividend growth, prime income list, I think, uh, you know, utilities and real estate investment trusts are dead last on dynamic asset level investing. They're yield-oriented. Utilities raise their dividend occasionally. REITs raise their dividend occasionally, okay? They are part of a dividend growth portfolio. So the dividend growth portfolio and the prime income list, a lot of these things are very, very attractive right now. The difference is between them and a bond is that bonds don't raise their dividends, (laughs) all right? You also pay the lower you know you you pay a much lower tax rate on those so if you want those lists give us a call remember uh it's tim hayes google tim hayes radio uh hit the contact me or email me in the meantime this is the smart investor show i'm tim hayes have a great weekend remember to buy low sell high thanks for listening to the smart investor hour to reach tim during the week call him toll free 888-223-7742 that's 888-223-7742 7742 or visit his website rbcwmfa.com slash tim hayes that's all three-star general michael j flynn head of the pentagon intelligence agency knew all the government's dirty secrets he was one of the most respected generals in the military flynn knew what the intel world had been up to he understood its funding he ordered the first audit of the use of contractors this set off alarm bells The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.